Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast Edification and Wellbeing. This is Juan Baez, and I am your personal physical educator. Okay. Um, quick housekeeping here. I want to make it as quick as possible. I don't want to lose time or too much time in introduction. I'm trying to cut time on introduction. Uh, so, first of all, thank you for listening. Uh, uh, I just celebrated my uh, 3,000 uh, plays or downloads or listens, however you it is called in different uh, podcasts, but I just celebrated 3,000. So thank you for those of you who have supported my podcast by listening. Uh, and if this is the first time, try to keep listening. Uh, go to the past episodes or previous episodes and let me know about them. Okay. Um, another reminder here, uh, I have a Patreon website. Okay. I'm looking for support and donations for the website. Those who become patrons will have uh, different benefits depending on the tiers that they choose. But you can donate from $1 a month up to $15 a month and then you will have different benefits um, according to that. And there are other general benefits that everybody, doesn't matter how much you donate um, or put on patronage, will, uh, you will get. So you will have a link on the description of this episode uh, for my Patreon website. Uh, you will also have the, the, the script and references to the episodes that I do here on, on Solo. When it's, uh, uh, when it's interviews, of course, you will not have references, because, but you will have the link for that person and, and whatnot. Okay. Uh, also support this podcast by sharing it with your friends and family and commenting on social media. Let me know about it. Also, um, there is the feature on the platform that I use for the podcast that is called um, it's called Anchor dot uh, and there is a button there that in which you will have a link on the description of a, of this episode and and all of the upcoming episodes that says leave me an email uh, a voicemail and there you can just go there and it'll re you can record a voicemail telling me who you are where you're from what do you do um why do you like the podcast or why not and if it's something cool i want to use that you know want to sort of like show it off at the beginning of the episodes or the, the following episodes just putting that recording within the introduction of the podcast always something cool so um, um just go there uh, go to that link in the description and leave me a voicemail tell me let me know where you are uh also regarding my spanish version of the podcast uh i am closing the account that i created for the spanish version and i am merging it with this one uh and what's going to happen is i'm going to limit the spanish version to interviews of or collaborations right um, i already have a few or trying to set a few interviews with people from puerto rico um, uh, or friends of mine who are psychologists or social workers or teachers and all that um, and what i'm going to do is put at the beginning of each episode in uh, between parentheses and espanol and that way you will know that it's in spanish okay however you don't have to jump or skip that episode because what i'm going to do I mean, if you're not Spanish speaking, you don't have to skip it because what I'm going to do is at least the first 20 minutes of that episode, there might be a little longer episodes, but at least the, 20, the first 20 minutes of, of that episode, I am going to record a, a, a summary in English for you to listen. That summary is going to be as detailed as possible within that time frame of 20 minutes. Uh, so even if you're not willing to try to learn some Spanish and, and get in the lingo or, or try to you know, uh, uh, listen and see if you understand and practice your Spanish. Within those first 20 minutes, you will have, I say, I would say a minute episode uh, 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 explaining that one. So you can still listen and support the podcast. All right. 
Um, and that's it. That's the introduction. Quick housekeeping. See, I told you it was going to be quick. Normally, it takes me about 15 minutes. This is under four minutes. Uh, and, well, today we're, uh, we're still going with the series of the human senses. And today we're talking about the sense of sight. So, hey, let's go. Let's see what we can see with the sense of sight. Talk to you in a second. Okay, so here we go. Today we are taking a look at the human sense of sight, right? Or rather, well, listening, right? Because this is only an audio podcast. Uh, but anyways, uh, we can use our imagination and somewhat see what I will talk about, okay? The sense of sight, as are all other senses and are super cool thing, right? Uh, now, before I continue, since I am a physical educator, at the end of this episode, I will give you or, or recommend a series of exercises to do on your own or with somebody else, even with clients or students, okay? And the idea is to exercise the sense of sight beyond just being able to see, but being able to adapt and keeping, uh, keep evolving, okay? Um, and the reason for that is that I think, in my opinion, and in, you know, based on my experience, that in these days, we are always looking for comfortable ways to see, to look around. We're looking for pleasant things that we're not, and pleasant also means comfort, uh, in a sense, and we're ignoring the full capacity of the eyes, right? Everything has to be close by, everything has to be clean, everything has to be uh, as, the, with the colors that we love, everything has to be within a screen. Uh, and, and my understanding, we're losing the capacity of seeing, okay? And not seeing as being able to just identify what we want, but identify other things and that I'm going to talk about, okay? But before we continue, uh, I want to, well, we're going to continue with a little anatomy of the, uh, of the phys anatomy and physics of the eye, Okay. Um, this is something that I didn't do with the previous episode of Touch, uh, and I, 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 I did talk a little bit about the, the, the neural endings, uh, but I didn't. I, I, I think I didn't go a little deeper, and I should have, right? So, in a way, for us to understand each sense a little more, all right? After all, this is a podcast in which we explore the science and the culture and health and learning and all that. So, I want to be as as uh, cover as much as possible within those things. So anyways, anatomy and physics of the eye, okay? The eye is a, a complex mechanism that is composed of, and, well, another parenthesis, I'm not mentioning literally every single part of the eye here. So if you're listening to this podcast and you are an eye specialist or you studied the eye before and whatnot, uh, before criticizing, I, 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 I just took a few of these things, so I don't want to spend a lot time a lot of time in this but at least give a little sense of what the eye is made of okay so the first one that the part of the eye that I want to mention is the tear layer right and the tear layer keeps the eye moist and smooth right there is the cornea with a clear layer in the anterior part of the eye which function to uh, to bend light so that it can pass through the hole of a pupil Okay, then there is the pupil, right, which basically is a, a canal through which light goes through. Uh, it is an opening in the middle of the iris, 
and it is dark because it absorbs light and it takes it to the visual receptors. I compared the pupil to a black hole because besides how it looks, light reflecting in the outside uh, and, and, and then being sucked in the middle or the center. So that's, that's why I compare it. Then there is the iris, okay? And the iris controls the amount of light that goes into the eye by adjusting its focus, uh, much like a camera lens. And then there's the, ret the retina, or retina or retina, which is the nerve that converts light into information so that we can process and visually perceive or perceive the outside world. So without the retina, we can we cannot see, right? This nerve will take that light that is rebounding from all the world around and allowing us to perceive it as it is. So that we last component that I'm going to mention, the extraocular muscles. There are little muscles that move the eye, right? Up, down, all around. We could do circumduction, little shapes. And I mentioned the, the, this muscle because as a physical educator, it is very important to recognize the function of muscles, okay? Um, unfortunately, in the popular world of fitness, we think of muscles as, you know, just the chest or the biceps or the abs or the glutes or, or legs. Uh, and we think of the muscles that everybody else can see, right? Uh, you know, uh, either when we're naked or either, you know, through nice tight clothes or clothes that highlight those muscles. But we do have much more or many more muscles that are extremely essential and functional. And the muscles of the eye are part of that. Okay. Of course, you're not listening to a whole class in the entire anatomy or physiology of the eye, but I wanted to mention a few to support what I am going to talk about in the following minutes. Okay, so uh, for all the aspects of, and, and features of the eye uh, uh, to work, there needs to be balance, movement, and adaptation. And the human body is one of many complex systems that have adapted through its you know millions of years of evolution in order to develop the capacity to see that we have nowadays. It hasn't always been like that. So let's take a look back at some evolutionary aspects of the human sight and the human eye. Okay, according to studies, the first animal, uh, well, and not necessarily the human eye or how eyes came to be. Okay, so according to some studies and anthropological studies and archaeology and all that, the first animal that developed something resembling an eye existed about 550 million years ago. And uh, it could have been over, let's say, 3,000, they say 3,000 or 400,000 years, I'm sorry, uh, for years, uh, years for camera-like eyes, like the ones we have, uh, existed. Evolutionary scientists say that the eye, not just the human eye, began as a cell or a couple of cells that were sensitive to light many million, many million years ago. It was a light-sensitive spot in the skin of the creatures that, you know, living at that time <coughs> excuse me, that gave, gave them a slight uh, survival advantage over those who, did not, who did not have such a feature. Okay? All, um, and throughout our entire evolution, our, um, as humans, our sight has played a key function and is to see around the environment. And as I mentioned before, not just necessarily to see what we want to see that because it's, it's pleasant, but to detect food and for, for survival in general, right? Detect food, detect danger, find shelter and opportunities. 
and this requires movement and adjustment to colors, to shades, to depth, uh, perceived densities and textures, and all that capacity has led to what we humans are now uh, in terms of function or visual function. And that is why we require, for example, uh, let's say vision therapy when we have a cross vision, uh, a, a cross vision condition or lazy eye or, or double vision, or we're losing sight and we're exercising our gaze uh, in order to, to at least make it as efficient as possible as longer as we can, because it keeps deteriorating anyways. Um, or it happens also when we have like learning or reading disabilities. We need these exercises in therapy. Also, patients uh, who've had uh, strokes, uh, who that they they obtain they obtain great results from visual exercises. And this is something that I have seen having worked in physical therapy. And this is something that I have seen uh, being an independent physical educator and having worked with stroke patients. Uh, and I still do work with them, and I still work with. Uh, uh, patient with Alzheimer and dementia and all of these little things, little exercises and adjustment to the sight and challenging to the little muscles and the capacity of seeing helps uh, a lot from uh, 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 strengthening the motor cortex itself, cortex itself to spatial awareness, coordination and fine and gross motor control. But I want to get back to a point uh, uh, that I made in the previous episode where I talk about the human touch, right? And that episode, I, I would recommend, I would recommend you to listen to every single episode of my podcast, but that was, that one is the, is the first one in this series of, uh, of human senses. Okay. And the point is that if we have, um, if we have always needed this constant use and adaptation and exercising of our senses, and all of a sudden, to not use them, well, it doesn't make, it doesn't seem logical. It does not make sense. Um, and it's not even good for our well-being. Okay? Beyond fitness, well-being is this whole balance of every single feature and structure in the body and, and society and us as humans. Um, and unfortunately, we're supporting, uh, unfortunately, we're supporting industries that promote the exercising of non-functional physical traits such as uh, tight asses and flat bellies and ideal body weights and instability uh, instead of the ones that help us survive and as you can see as uh, you can see that in people who despite their perfect bodies right in perfect bodies according to social standards and ideal sizes, they have a difficulty coordinating the, their motions. Uh, they have lack of balance. They, they join at muscle pains and restrictions, uh, inefficient function in the activities of their daily living and even in occupational activities. Uh, and this is, uh, I've mentioned this many times, but this is, a, I think, a warning from our our from us as an organism, from the body and saying, okay, you need to use me better. How about we focus a little more on exercising my senses and all of the abilities that I have as a human versus the looks, okay? Um, and when it comes to the senses, we need to start implementing them more in exercise programs and physical education classes and rehabilitation. Um, 
the, the current state of the health and fitness industry that is all about flat bellies, big muscles, uh, or, uh, you know, I'm belonging to some belief system in which looks and, and dieting are much more important. Uh, we need to sort of like try and eliminate that. Aesthetics are always there, right? And we will always look good depending, but that's much more in the eye of a beholder, right? Different cultures will look at beauty differently. Uh, and also even even us in, in, in a culture that looks uh, a beauty at a certain way, that always comes with, uh, with work. As I said before, the human body will always adapt to the level of demand that we give it no matter what we do. So we might as well do it in a functional and practical way uh, within the fundamental functions of humans. And uh, I, 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 you know, unfortunately on top of that, we are eliminating physical education classes. Um, everything now is experienced through, through a screen. Uh, and now we have school systems, for example, and parents that are overprotecting kids by not letting them go out and playing them, you know, uh, uh, keeping them between four walls, going out in the sun will be bad for them uh, when it is all of the contrary, right? Going out in the sun will help the eye adapt and, 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 fo and, and work on focus. Um, we're eliminating field trips at schools, right? Uh, and that's also from the visual aspects. It is important for, for kids in development, <clears throat> excuse me, to be able to see different environments different distances, different lengths, different colors, different people uh, for for better adaptation. So that eliminating field trips under different circumstances to well, eliminating the field trips, then it's, 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 it's a, a very negative thing. Um, we have parents complaining about too much physical activity uh, and well, seeing is also a physical activity. There is a case in, in, the, in a school in Mexico in which the physical education teacher uh, gave a physical fitness test and some of the students passed away. I mean, they didn't die, but they just fainted um, because they were so out of shape. They were so out of physical, functional condition because of, well, constant, you know, playing video games or being lazy or whatnot. And parents, instead of promoting in their kids the increment of physical activity, they sued the school because they shouldn't have fainted because uh, uh, due to too much physical activity. Uh, so uh, yeah, and then we, we, we overprotect our kids, right? Uh, um, and um, I have been at some sometimes I've been I'm working on that, right? It's not that I'm exempt of it, exempt of it. Uh, but we overprotect them with glasses, with hats, with everything that we can, so that they cannot touch nature. Uh, and in a sense, seeing without protecting the eye and protecting us from the sun or the wind or the rain, it is a way to touch nature, to understand nature and create cognition upon it. And it seems to me that, that, that instead of evolving, we're devolving. We're getting, well, not necessarily devolving or going backwards, we're getting stuck in this time period uh, but at the same time, hoping to to get better, and that doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Okay, uh, it's been proven that 
This is just going outside and seeing nature uh, in its many different environments, ocean, mountains, woods, uh, highly populated areas, and even areas in which we are completely alone as individuals, you know, as humans, but there is just nature out there. Uh, it's been proven also that uh, uh, by playing visual games or any other game that is not a screen, uh, that includes eye focusing, eye coordination, limb eye coordination, and visual discrimination helps tremendously not only revitalizing the capacity of the eye uh, and a healthy sight, but also influences in learning, in social skills, in handling emotions, cognition, and even consciousness. So perhaps we need to stop thinking that looking good matters more than seeing good. Uh, and start thinking and internalizing that fitness is not the capacity to look hot according to our contemporary social standards, but the capacity to perform as humans and that part of that is the capacity to see efficiently and practically. Okay? Um, so, this is that for, or this is it for for the information that I wanted to share about sight. Uh, but remember, uh, you have that feature of the voicemail, and you have my email, and all that will be in the description. So if you can add more, you can send me that information, and I will just discuss it later. But anyways, I did mention at the beginning that there are going to be some exercises for you to to do or practice individually, or with clients. Well, not some of these exercises are not for kids, uh, but are very essential. Uh, uh, to for our for our development of the site and social uh, social health and all that. So, starting with um, the first one, and I want to make uh, something clear, please. If you are driving, I just don't, don't want to be blamed for <laughs> for causing an accident. So, if you're driving, focus on driving, right? And then uh, and then when you stop driving, then you do the exercises. However, driving itself could be a great exercise. Right, you have to look at the cars at the speed of the cars and discern how fast you have to go according to the car of front or relative to the car car of front. You have to look farther away to see if there is an accident or if the light turned red. So use your whole capacity of sight within the driving action of driving to also improve upon your sight instead of having this sort of like narrow vision that you're just looking at what is in front of you, we have peripheral vision, so we have a sense of who's passing by, uh, if there is people crossing the street and all that. So let's exercise that too. But anyways, uh, I would say in a seating or a standing position for this first exercise, look around you, right? Not too fast, take your time, all right? Take a 360 degree turn or spin. Uh, look at the closest thing that you have and look at the farthest, farthest uh, thing that you have in front of your body, below, behind, and above. Look all around, 360, right? And we live in a three-dimensional world, so it's not always things that are up front. We can look sideways, we can look at what's behind, uh, up and down, and try to do this by turning your neck alone and then try to do that by spinning your body and then try to do that by just uh, uh, moving your eyes only right fix your body in a certain position and look as far as you can to the sides look as far as you can up and down and all around as far as you can without moving your head okay um, try to even set your sight on a set point and try to notice what is around 
without keeping your eyes off that set point. As an example, I'm sitting here in my little desk. Uh, I'm drinking a beer. Yep, it's Friday and I'm done working. So anyways, I'm looking at the bottle of a beer and I'm trying to, I'm focusing my sight on the neck of the bottle, but I'm trying to identify everything that is behind it or around it with peripheral vision without taking my sight or my focus from the neck of a bottle. You can do this with a pencil, you can do it with your with the tip of your finger. Okay? So exercise that. Another exercise, get into a room alone or perhaps with someone else that you trust and turn the lights off. Keep your eyes open and give it a few seconds. You will notice that your pupils will dilate and adapt. Oh, you, you will not see dilation, but you will feel your eyes opening a little more and they're sort of like forcing to see a little more. So they will adapt so that you can see at least something, unless it's pitch black. But even with with uh, being in a room with pitch uh, being pitch black, um, it, it will be a good exercise. We'll do it. Later. I will mention it in a few minutes. Okay. So okay. So again, again, you turn on the lights and your pupils adapt. Okay. Uh, and if it's not pitch black, you will start seeing sort of like the shape of things. What can you identify? Okay, maybe just the edges of something, or is it completely dark? Can you see your hands in front of your face? How far do you stop seeing your hands in front of your face? How closer closer do you have to bring it? If you are with a person, uh, can you see that person's face? How far can you stand and still see that person? How close? Um, while in there, this might be a good exercise uh, with your partner, including you know the sight and touch. Can you find that person? That person can name a certain part of her body and you have to try and find it uh, by either looking at the shape of the body if you can see it or by imagining and just touching, right? This could be a good sexual exercise. In that sense and in that line, um, you can get naked, all right, in front of a mirror. If you're alone, do it. If not, but do it with with anybody, somebody else that you trust. But again, this is not for adults. I mean, this is just for adults. Uh, anyways, get in a, in a room and in front of a mirror, right? Lights are on and you're going to take a good look at your body through the mirror. Take a few minutes for this, right? Then do the same by looking at yourself through your eyes and not the mirror. So you got to move your head and look around and find things like different characteristics or features of your body. Okay, and I want to make something clear. Don't be afraid to do this. This is a great way to develop self-acceptance and lose the fear of not having that perfect body that everybody else wants you to have. You have the body that you came with to the world, and however it is, you still have to accept it and embrace it. What do you see? All right. For this exercise, it's essential to get out of your mind. Any social get, you know, Take from your mind any social programming that you may have about being fat or about being ugly or not liking your chest or your body because you have body hair. Um, honestly, nature does not give a shit about that. They don't. Nature doesn't give a shit about if you have hair or if your if your belly doesn't look according to the magazine that you saw. Okay, this exercise is about learning and learning about yourself through the sense of, of, of sight. Turn around in front of that mirror and look over your shoulder. What can you see on your back? 
right? And see how far you can see. Do you feel any restriction in your neck if you cannot turn your head and try to reach uh, uh, see as far as you can? And this is also a, a body awareness type of exercise. This will tell you that there is certain movement restriction uh, as you try and look. And there you have so much information, so much information about yourself. Okay. Another exercise that you can do, I would this do this one sitting. Well, in this stand, then standing too, but not necessarily moving right away. Maybe in an advanced way you can move. Anyways, draw shapes by just moving your eyes. Right. Sit and sit up straight. Get a good posture and try to draw circles. Left, you know, towards the left or circles to the right. Try to draw squares, triangles, lines, horizontal, vertical, and diagonal. And this is a good exercise and very recommended by therapists and physical educators. I used to do it with my students. I still do it with my, uh, my students at school. That's When I say students, is I'm referring to when I was a school teacher. Um, but with my clients, even athletes, uh, while we're doing certain movements and certain things, they have to focus on doing things with the eyes because even athletes need to work with their eyes. Uh, and depending on sport, that will vary, but think of a football player right? The sense of sight is extremely essential for them to be a better player or an efficient player, okay? So you can do that uh, while sitting, you can do that while standing, you can do that while walking uh, in a safe place, and you can also do that while standing on a balance board, or if you don't have a balance board, you can take a pillow, and that'll take some balance out of you, and so you will have to focus in that way, not just your sight, but your sense of proprioception will uh, be exercised too and that will give you so much information about your capacity of balance and stability and locomotion okay another exercise you can sit or stand again and put the tip of your finger in front of you any finger right you can use the index finger uh, or any other thing such as a stick a pencil uh, or like I just mentioned you know the neck of a bottle of beer or if you're drinking a bottle a cup of wine use the cup of wine and you're gonna place it maybe six inches away from your eye and focus on it. Then change focus, look at something different. Look at the farthest thing you can identify from, from uh, away from that uh, first point of view, okay? Uh, and then keep changing and play with timing, how fast, how fast you can change focus and identify, how far you can change focus and identify. And just do a little game about it and try it walking forwards. You can try it walking backwards and you can try it walking sideways or again standing on a balance board or on a pillow or trying to uh, stand on one leg. And that would be a great way, again, for, for proprioception and sense of positioning and sense of sight and the developing of other uh, 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 supporting muscle systems or, or fascial systems uh, and neural system to keep you uh, functional and practical as a human being. Another way that you can do or another exercise that you can do with a partner uh, and this one, you can do it in a, in a group fitness class if you're a, a, a trainer or a physical educator. Um, you can use tennis balls, you can use uh, kitchen towels or a piece of fabric or pieces of fabric to, of different colors. Let's say three colors. You have green, yellow, and blue, right? And one partner or you as the trainer will throw these in the air all at the same time. And at the same time, 
then you will call out a color. So I have three balls of tennis, uh, tennis balls, and I just drop, throw in the air, you're in front of me, and I say red. And what's going to happen is that you will have to react right away and catch the red one. Okay? Uh, this make for a great and fun activity, not just for class settings, right? But also with some friends just playing in the park. I mean, you're having friends at home. That would be a good way to play. And if, even if you have like having a couple of, of, of drinks and you're kind of like titsy, see if you can do it or not, right? Again, I said, this is not just, uh, uh, this is uh, for adults too. So play with that. You can try it maybe in a pool and, that, and, and work with the challenge of moving. You can do it in the sand at the beach. And this will provide uh, different visuals uh, and neurological stimulations due to different environments. Uh, also, something I want to mention about changing uh, uh, spaces is that we need to stop thinking that exercise and functional movement only needs to happen at the gym or at a specific place or time or setting or even uh, the mentality that we designate to exercise. Because that is not how the human organism works, right? And this applies to the sight, to the sense of sight and visuals. And this is how adaptation occurs. So the more we change and adapt environments and let's say light density or intensity or, or working out outside under the sun at different times of the day will also help uh, 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 the sense of sight and the, the adaptation of the eye. So while exercising on doing visual exercise in one specific setting helps, it is of greater benefit to implement the concept of change and instability uh, to your functions and exercise. And yes, you know, you stick up to the plan of moving every day and doing as much as you can. That's the set plan. Um, it doesn't ha yet it doesn't have to be in a specific manner. Um, and this is something I touched uh, uh, in, in this podcast at the first couple of episodes, I think, talking about evolution. Evolution, when I started a series of uh, the history of physical education, we have evolved to what we are because of instability, because of our adaptation to instability. So the more change we have, the better the adaptation. If you have kids, you can play catch with them. Uh, and, and guess what? Uh, you're doing it. Uh, if you're cooking, you're doing it. If you're cleaning the home, you're doing it anyways. It doesn't have to be, again, a specific mentality uh, or a specific time or a specific light density because it makes you feel calm or whatnot. You can play with different uh, uh, um, uh, uh, light waves, right? There's people who put blue light. There's people who put green light. There's people who put red light for different things. Play with all of them. You know that there's a, a, a I know there's a, a, a boom now of everybody putting red lights at the gym because that uh, promotes uh, different things. And this is a, t a topic that we're going to expose uh, uh, or, or, or talk about later on in the, in the podcast. Uh, however, why not play with all and allow your eyes to adapt? OK, now another one is play in the dark or work out in the dark or dance. It doesn't have to be a workout. It doesn't have to be a specific uh, set of exercises. You can dance, okay? Um, and just like I, like I said, with the sense of touch, I, one of the things that I do is I exercise or work out naked, and I do it in the dark, and I do it in the light. Of course, not, not outside, but in my home when I'm alone. Uh, and I even play different music tempos. I, I, I like the idea of working out in silence over with classical music. That'll be something that I'm going to touch later on the 
following episode, which is the one of, of the uh, hearing. But play with that, okay? You can also restrict vision, right? Put a, a, a piece of cloth uh, over your eyes, uh, and, and restriction vision will lead to the utilization of other senses, but also to the utilization of memory, okay? Stand up in the middle of your living room and look around, close your eyes or cover your eyes and see what you can do and how much you can dance or do like a martial arts form or a workout or a certain exercise without seeing. Are you still in the same spot that you started? Are you still, are you almost close to hitting something? That sense of space awareness by the restriction of the vision will help and will help also with memory because as you keep adapting, then you will start moving accordingly so that you don't hit anything. Um, so that's a great way to do it. Okay. And um, these exercises, just like anything else, they need practice various times in a daily if possible. Okay. Um, my recommendation, you, uh, depending on the, the type of occupation you have, if you work like, you know, eight hours or more, or if you don't have much time because of family or whatever, hey, pick one exercise uh, or, or one of these exercises and do it one time a day or as many times a day as possible. As you, as you, if you're listening well, you're, you've noticed that these exercises do not require a specific place to do so you can do it at home you can do it at the office you can do it at, at, at you know while you're waiting for your kids to play basketball and even as I mentioned at the beginning while driving you can use that as an exercise not just as the action of driving but also as the, uh, uh, the as a way to develop your capacity of vision and sight while you drive safely of course okay so this has been everything for today uh, thank you for listening. Uh, next episode is going to be about the sense of hearing. So we're going to be listening uh, to some music that I'm going to add to the episode. And then we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about the same thing, about the physiology and anatomy and physics of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the ears. And how we perceive sound and the benefits of sound. And some exercises also to do that include the sense of sound. Thank you very much. Have a great day. This has been your, well, and I will keep, uh, uh, keep being your personal physical indicator of one bias. Talk to you in the next episode in, let's say, two or three weeks. Bye.